Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Beyond the Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Pabuda. Be joined today by our usual co-host, Alex Boudreaux. Today's guest features Brady Silverwood, a.k.a. the real Forrest Gump. Back in 2019, he decided to run 3,000-plus miles by foot across the United States of America, where he ran from New Jersey all the way to California. Uh, he accomplished the feat in 218 days, raising just over $42,000 for various charities along the way. He's also the host of his own podcast. He's quickly you know, becoming more renowned on TikTok, and he's also looking to do a documentary Hoping to get picked up by the likes of Netflix or some streaming service about, um, you know, his endeavors and things. And also, I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, the red bathing suit, the viral red bathing suit that that everyone was reposting. If you reposted, you were going to get a free one. Um, it was a woman's. It was a woman's. Uh, like I think it was one piece red bathing suit. He actually founded that company, and we talk about that story of that that uh, that post going viral and. And how he had to get that get that out to, to everyone who, who reposted it. And if you didn't, um, you can sure you could go slide in his DM and call him out on it. I'm sure he'll find his way over to you. But he actually bought out of that company, and you know he's now doing other endeavors where he, he's also, as I mentioned, you know TikTok and things like that. But uh, he's also an author now, um, and he just recently announced that his next big running feat will be to run across the United Kingdom. So stay tuned for that. Really interesting stuff. Really uh, motivational guy. I'm excited for this episode. Short one, but a good one. Bruce, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the Undisputed Greatest Podcast in the World, Beyond the Brand! Hey guys, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? Yeah, man, how you doing? I'm Evan, it's Alex. Uh, nice to meet you. Co-host, yeah, man. Um, so, uh, how you doing? How you holding up? Good man, yeah, I'm doing uh, doing pretty good. I I uh, I'm with my family right now, and uh, yeah, just counting counting my blessings. I'm, I've been very fortunate during all this with work and everything. So yeah, what about you guys? Um, we're actually like we're based out of Jersey City, like right outside New York. So we're kind of like the worst possible fucking spot for this. <laughs> so yeah, just not locked inside. It's it's pretty terrible, but. You know, it is what it is. So, where are you based? Uh, I'm originally from San Diego. So, I was living in Venice before all this. I kind of was going down, and then I just drove up to stay with my family during it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, you're with him. I mean, that's good. Like, uh, like we're here. It's just me and him. And uh, my family lives about like 40 minutes south there. So, I, I haven't even really been able to see them too much. It's shitty. And his family's down in Florida. So, but um, yeah, dude, I appreciate you coming on. So um, we do it first, man. Thanks for the support. Yeah, say welcome to the show. Um, glad to have you on, man. So obviously, you know, you're you're an entrepreneur now, but kind of take us through your upbringing. You mentioned you're from California. Take us through growing up there, um, and then take us through what inspired you to do that cross country run. Of course. Um, so yeah, I grew up in San Diego, California. 
you know, right by the beach, maybe like 10 minutes from the beach. I actually did not become a surfer, although everyone always asks me that with my long hair. Um, yeah, I went to school out in San Diego and then went to college in Arizona. Um, and kind of, I guess, growing up, I was just into like sports. Uh, I think like, started to kind of get into business but that was more once I got into college before then I was just kind of like you know having fun with my friends and playing sports um and then yeah definitely got more focus into business when I went to the University of Arizona uh I had a, a marketing major out there and my senior year I started a clothing company with one of my friends and uh yeah we knew nothing about business nothing about really entrepreneurship but we just went in and uh kind of learned along the way and uh within like eight months we probably had i'd say close to a thousand orders and for us that was like huge and, and amazing and then um with social media you know nowadays you can just go viral in an instant and that's what happened to us we did a, a, a red, red bathing suit promotion yeah and uh, it was just this girl sitting by the pool, really simple. And it was like, repost this photo for a free suit. And we had close to 2 million reposts on that photo. And, you know, uh, ended up a few days after that getting 50,000 orders in 30 minutes. So that really set up our company. And I, I was uh, doing that, working on that company for about two years um, until the end of 2018. And, um, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. I learned so much about business and life. And um, I kind of got to the point, though, where I wanted to see what other maybe avenues of, uh, of work I could get into. So I ended up leaving. I, I sold, sold the company to my the, the other co-founder bought me out. And um, in that down period of kind of not knowing what I was going to do next, that's when I actually got into running. So I joined a run club in August 2018 and could barely run three miles the first day with everyone. And um, I was never a runner. So I played sports in high school, but it was like baseball. It wasn't like track or soccer or lacrosse, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I just started to notice being around this group of runners that were always talking about half marathons and marathons that, you know, maybe I should go do a half marathon. So I did one in November of 2018. And from there it was like, wow, what else can I do? And I did the LA marathon in March of 2019. And before I finished that marathon, that's actually when I wrote in my journal that I was going to run across the whole United States of America. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a real slow progression for sure, but it kind of was just like, I went from someone that, that never knew I could start a business to making a business go viral and making good money and having a quick exit to someone who could barely run three miles. And it was just like, how cool would it be to run 3,000 miles across the country and just prove to everyone that, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what you, if you, if you don't have that, I guess, self-belief at first, that's okay. You can still do something incredible and amazing. So so. So, so before, all right, so we'll start with the company then before we get into the run, because the run happened after. So, um, take me more through about a little bit about the idea, like where it started. Um, and you mentioned it just kind of blew up. Like, where did the red baiting idea like come from? And did you guys think it was going to blow up to the point that it did? Because, like, we remember that, like, that, that was like everything. 
Yeah. Um, no, to, we didn't, we didn't think it was going to go that viral. Um, just the way the company started was actually, uh, a football game that me and my friends went to It was the USC U of a football game and out at USC and all these girls were just wearing cheer skirts to the football games. And, uh, one of my friends was just like, that's such an interesting trend that all these girls are wearing like cheer skirts to the, the tailgates and the game. And he just said it. He was like, why doesn't anyone make those skirts at our school? So, um, I was the only one that like felt, I guess, like, you know, followed through with the idea and the next, the following football season about a year later is when we got the manufacturer, got the skirts and going into swimwear was just a, a natural progression because the skirts was, was kind of a seasonal product. And we realized we weren't going to be able to sustain the business year round off it. Um, and yeah, it was just an idea. It was like, how can we get the name out there for our company more? Um, and it was like, all right, let's give out some free product. But we, we really only thought like a hundred girls were going to do this. So mm-hmm. 2 million, it, it blew, it blew us away, man. Like I was getting calls from like TMZ, like five days in a row. And I was like, what is like going on? You know, time magazine was posting about us. Like for us just being, we were like a week away from graduating uh, college. So we had finals that we were like focusing on before all this. So yeah, it blew us away. Dude, that was sick. <laughs> how much? Uh, how much merch did you send out? End up sending out. So, uh, so we we didn't have like I think our our capacity was like two hundred suits in stock at the time, and we had to just find a manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, we had to. We had yeah. We kind of put up. So then we had to make all the suits and uh, deliver on that. But uh, we didn't know the capacity, how quickly our manufacturer could make 50. We didn't even know if they could make 50,000. And so all of it was a risk, but, um, yeah, yeah, we, we found a way. Awesome. What was your guys like reaction when it was like, when you, when did you guys like first know it was like, Oh yeah, this shit's like kind of blowing up. Like what, what was your guys like reaction? Like, yo, did you, did you see this? Like, are you looking at this right now? So the first day, the first, the first hour, it only had like four shares. And what was crazy about it is we were about to take the, the photo down and, and stop with the campaign. And I'd say after like 10 hours, it, it was maybe we were at 7,000 followers on Instagram and we went to like 10,000. And for us, that was such a big deal because we'd never had the K. So we were like all like, oh, this is so cool. And then like in the morning, we had like, 300,000 followers. And then it just kept going up. Like I think the peak was 787,000 followers. Um, so like, I'd say once we started to see that and then we were like trending on Twitter and the time magazine article was one that I was just like, all right, this is nuts. Like, you know, Dude, that's so, so after the free baiting suit ended, like how skyrocketed did, did your sales go from, from that point? Yeah. So, uh, they're, they were, they're coming in pretty steady for, I'd say probably two months still after all of it. So like into August, we're still doing pretty well off it. And then, and then they slowed down towards the end of the year, but that's kind of natural for swimwear. And, uh, the next year I'd say was the year actually we did a lot better because we weren't kind of relying off of that virality. We were trying to figure out how can we sustain 
you know, steady income every single month, but it definitely helped our company a lot. Yeah. That's honestly nuts. Yeah. Were you looking to do any other clothing other than bathing suits? Um, like for not, me? I mean like, yeah, we were, I think, uh, since, you know, they sell sunglasses and, um, kind of just anything beachwear, but the swimwear is just like, it, it, you know, has great, great returns and, these girls like love just getting new bikinis. It's not like they just get one, they'll get like five. Yeah. So um, I don't know about you guys, but I'll have like a couple, a couple suits and that'll last me like a couple of years. Yeah. So yeah. Girls yeah. don't like that. When you say that though, like you see girls like all the time, like every summer is like coming up, they're posting like all these bikinis and shit they're buying. It's like, it makes sense. It's genius. Yeah. Someone's got to make them. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, so how did you guys like get to that point with like production costs and everything? How were you guys covering that? Like you said, you had to manufacture a lot at that point. Yeah. So, um, so the orders came in and what we did is we charged shipping and handling. So that covered all our costs. Um, that also was a, a big gamble because we didn't know how much all it, if you don't have the manufacturer and the suits made yet, how can you, uh, I guess set that price. It was just all a guess. And, Luckily, we're, you know, a couple bucks uh, in the clear, I guess. And um, yeah, once that, once that money came in, it, it was able, it, it gave us the funding, I guess, to process everything. Yeah, it's crazy. So then take us from there. You said you mentioned that you wanted to, to kind of move on from that. What's your relationship like with the, the other guy you found it with? Oh, so this, this guy, we've been friends since like sixth grade. His name's Alan Alcello. Um, we're still, we're still homies. I was hanging out with him actually yesterday. We, we were hanging for a little. So, um, yeah, still really great friends. And that was something that, you know, just because maybe I wasn't finding purpose in the company, I, I definitely made sure that, that we stayed friends throughout it. Yeah. 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 Which is tough. It's tough to do, though. There's definitely some points where that that could have gone the other way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, business can really tear that up. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. But that's that's awesome. So then you said, like you mentioned, you you decided to go into. You had this idea where you wanted to run across the United States. Did the real like you like in these articles and everything about you, it's the real Forrest Gump? Did the movie inspire you at all? Did it help you like a little bit? <laughs> um. I had like seen it and like, don't get me wrong. I love the movie, but, um, no, I would say, I would say, um, actually the, the one that got in my head was Mike Posner was going to walk across the country. And I remember I first told my roommate, I was like joking with him. I was like, well, since I just sold my company, like I could probably join him in a state and walk. And then that was just kind of like a joke at the beginning of the year. And then as my running really progressed, that I like kind of came back to that idea. And I was like, well, if I were to do it, I wouldn't walk. I would run the country. And so, yeah, uh, a little bit, I guess, from the Forrest Gump movie. And, uh, but definitely when I saw Mike Posner doing it, that, that got in my head a little bit more. That's awesome. Talk yeah. about some of the experiences you encountered throughout the run. Oh, man. Like so so many different experiences um we we were going through that's the thing about america it's like so big that you know this between scenery and the 
the dialect and the different culture that you that you experience it's like you're going through multiple countries but it's just one country um yeah i mean some of my favorite spots were like west virginia i loved west virginia it was so green and um we we were running through the I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like Monagahela National Forest. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was pretty remarkable. And we would be going through like some small towns of like a thousand people. And I grew up in San Diego, so I'm not used to that. And uh, yeah, these people would just like be so generous. And one couple like invited us over for breakfast in the morning. Uh, Yeah, we experienced a lot of just nice people across the country and you don't always see that, I guess, when you turn on the news. So that was a, a really positive takeaway from the whole trip. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's so many experiences. It's hard to just like pinpoint, but... Um, the one that stood out to you more than any other? Um, there was, uh, I'd say, I'd say one of the days, this was just so cool for me is like, I had been to the White House earlier in my life and like, that's a you know, when you've never been, it's like, oh, that's like, you, you, you just hear of it. It's kind of like a legend in a tale, in a sense. And so when one of the days I actually got to literally run to the White House and I finished my run, like just looking up at the White House. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, and then honestly, when I, I got hurt in Arkansas and it was like the worst part of the trip, but when I look back on it, it, it honestly was such a a memorable part of the trip because like once I was able to, uh, you know, I guess like bounce back after that injury, I kind of felt like, you know, that like nothing was going to get in my way of finishing it. So that was pretty cool. Went with you on this journey. It was just one, just one other person. He was a, he was a college friend of mine. His name's Nate Heiser. And, uh, Actually, when we were in college, he joked about how cool it would be to be a trucker one day. And so when I was looking for someone to like come on this trip with me, I just called him up. He was like in Montana and he didn't have uh, he didn't have like his summer job lined up yet. So I just like asked him, do you want to come do this crazy thing with me? And I paid him and stuff, too. But uh yeah, he was great. And, and I was able to just focus on the running. So he would handle everything with like, if there was a problem with the RV, he'd take it to go get serviced and, um, around my running schedule and all that. So, uh, yeah, couldn't have done it without all of his help either. Yeah. That's awesome. So you mentioned the injury. What, what, how did that happen? What was that injury? It honestly, like, so like the first couple months I would get pain and like, pretty much every part of my body. And I would just like write in my journal after like, all right, got, got pain in my left ankle today. Um, let's just like focus on, I guess, uh, more attention to that area with recovery. And I would do that all the time. And I started to notice I would just like get through kind of work through pains and injuries. And this injury kind of like, it, it really came out of nowhere. And it, at first it just felt like some pain in my Achilles tendon like I was just crossing the Mississippi River and I felt it hurt and I was like oh whatever I'll, I'll like kind of walk for a little and then I tried to run again and it was like one of those like limp runs and I was like all right this isn't good and I just ended up walking the rest of that one day and then 
I walked the next day, maybe like 18 miles. I, I probably should have just rested that day. But um, then the next two days, I literally just did not move in the RV and completely rested, iced it up. It was like my Achilles tendon, when I would like kind of bend forward, back and forward, it would stretch. Like I could feel the thing stretching. So it was like on the verge of, uh, I was, I was very close to tearing it, I think. So, so um, were there some days that you just wanted to give up? You're like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm not running this today. That's, that's a good question, man. Um, uh, I, there, there was some days where I definitely w- just wished I was back in San Diego. Like, like there was a day when we were in Tennessee and I was, for the most part, I wouldn't get like FOMO if like I saw my friends like doing something fun back home. But there was just one day in Tennessee where I just wish I was just on the beach and like just not running. Like I was like, oh, uh, this would be nice to just be back home on the There's beach. something about Tennessee that made you feel that way? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It was, it was <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like what made you push through them? Like what was like the, like you just said, I started this, I'm going to do this to the end. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I made my, I made a commitment to myself at the beginning of all of it that, uh, you know, this was, this was going to be bigger than myself. So yes, it was for me to, to show myself I was capable of it, but to show everyone else too. And I kind of, any time I was like complaining or, or things weren't going my way out there, uh, the driver, Nate, would just remind me, like, I was the one that decided to do this, you know, no one else forced me to do it. So uh, I, I just accepted all responsibility, whether it was a, a good consequence of what I was doing or, or negative, like I had to deal with it. And yeah, that mentality really helped me and just sticking with just day to day, not, not worrying about how many more states or miles I had left, just focusing on like, all right, what do I have to do today? And let's just get that done. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, along the way you, you raised about 38,000. So I was going to ask what, what charity were you working with? Yeah. So I raised uh, $42,000 for 12 different charities. Um, a couple, there were just charities that like I grew up really, um, I guess like aware of and, and ones that I really liked. Um, a couple of like the, the real notable ones were make a wish. Um, my sister had brain, brain cancer when she was 16. So, um, she actually got a wish and she, she was really into like the Gilmore girls. So we went down to like universal studios and then Warner brothers and got to meet the whole cast, the Gilmore girls. And, uh, yeah, she's a cancer survivor and she's with us today. And, um, I just wanted to, that, that whole experience of like having to be in the hospital so much as a young kid visiting her and then just the whole family for a day doesn't have to worry about that environment and that experience. It was really powerful. So I wanted to raise money for that to hopefully help someone else in that, you know, situation. Um, yeah, a couple others were like St. Jude's, um, cystic fibrosis foundation. One of, one of my friends actually passed from that. Uh, he had cystic fibrosis, but he was just such a fighter and wanted to raise more awareness and money for that organization. Um, and then the last one, I guess, is national Alliance on mental illness. That one, uh, I, I was dealing with a lot of depression before I decided to do this run. So, um, 
I've, I've also lost friends to suicide. I've had a friend think of doing it. And like, I don't know, I just think uh, it, it needed to be more talked about. So I wanted to shed some light on that. I mean, all, all great causes. I mean, and, and you had some sort of connection or emotional connection to each charity, which I think is it's awesome. You raise a lot of money, so it's kudos to you. Thank but, you. Thank you. Um, yeah, what, uh, so what, what opportunities have come for you after this? Because, like, obviously you got a lot of media coverage for doing this. What, what, what kind of stemmed from this? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've, uh, I'd say, I'd say definitely a lot of, um, opportunities are still coming. Um, but, huh, I guess, I guess maybe, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like nothing, nothing that I can, you know, just pinpoint like, uh, one major thing that's happened from it, but, um, yeah, I guess, I guess it just, uh, me knowing that I'm kind of just in charge of what other dream or, or focus I want to have in my life. I can, I can be, I guess. Have you, man. Tried to, um, have you thought about anyway, maybe publishing the journal you kept on that run or maybe have you, did you have any video? Yeah. So I still, I still have it. Um, yeah, I still have the journal. I was actually, uh, starting to write a book about the journey and I have a podcast, but I, I recently started a TikTok, and that's kind of where I've been focusing a lot of my energy with right now. Um, so yeah, I, I guess like through through that, I hope to inspire people, whether it's sharing my story or other people's stories of uh, how they've been able to overcome certain things. That's, that's awesome. Great. Yeah, it's awesome. So what's uh, I mean, you mentioned a little bit of those things. What what else is next for you? What are you, what are you looking to do? What are you looking to get into? Um, so I, I'm gonna, um, uh, I'm gonna be, no, no one really knows, but I'm going to be announcing something soon of, uh, I guess like my next athletic journey, you could say. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that wasn't certain, I guess, after I did the whole run, but, um, now that I've had some months to reflect and, uh, kind of see where I want to go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do something big next. So is it, it going to be crazier than running across the United States? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. It might just as a whole compliment, compliment what I did. Nice. I'll say that. Yeah. But, uh, can you, can you give me a rundown of the States you, you ran through? Yeah. So I went through New Jersey to start Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Wow. That's awesome. And how, and how long did it take you to do complete the whole thing? Took me 218 days and it was 3,311 miles. Yeah. Wow. And what was your, what was your day-to-day schedule like? Like what, like what, did you have like a set time? Like I'm running for these amount of hours. I'm eating at this time. Like, yeah. So, uh, I'm not like that. I'm not very structured and organized. And it was funny because when I, I actually connected with Mike Posner out there and he would tell me of his whole schedule, like waking up right at five and doing, you know, he, he was intense with his whole regimen, I guess. And I was the opposite. I just knew 
um, you know, I'm going to get it done on the day. And what time I started, it, it was kind of just like how I was feeling on the day. So the earliest I ever started was maybe like 7 a.m. Latest I ever started, I think it was in Memphis. I, I started at like 3 p.m. one day. And that day, actually, I ran a marathon and I finished at like 9 p.m. I, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't going for speed that day. But uh, yeah, so it was kind of just based on how I felt for the day. Um, it, it was kind of like in, in a way that was me. Um, uh, I, I think if it wasn't a regimen, I, I wouldn't have liked it as much, you know? So that was like the one positive I gave myself, you know? Yeah. You, uh, do you encourage others to ever try this and what tips would you have for someone that would like to try it? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not going to discourage. I, I've, I've encountered a lot of those types of people in my life that discourage people from whatever it is, maybe because they don't think they can do it. I would never do that. I would just say, you know, at least for me, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And just know that, you know, maybe you see someone like me doing it and it might look flashy and all that stuff, but it wasn't like that. Um, it was really hard. And yeah, if you're, if you're willing to push yourself to the limits of your physical and mental capabilities, then it'll be an amazing journey. But I think if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta make sense to you. And if it does and you can do some good with it, then go for it. So would you, would you say, I mean, a lot of people say this, would you, you definitely agree with the statement that you, your body can go a lot further than your mind tricks it into thinking it can go? hundred percent, man. Like even with my LA marathon, like the longest I had ran before that day was 15 miles. So when I got to like mile 16, like, my body started like break down because like my mind was like, yo, you've never gone this far in your whole life. Like stop. And so that's what it does. And you just gotta, it, it's funny because usually your mind is just being over cautious. You know, there are some situations where you should stop, but if you can kind of just play with it day to day and see, see how far you can go, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Amazing. And what was the furthest distance on that run across the United States that you did in a day? Uh, I believe it was could have been that day in Memphis. So I did two. I did two marathons. Um, the thing about it is, like, I was juiced. I could have done. I could have done more than that. Um, the first one in Memphis, when I got that Achilles tendon injury, that was maybe five days after that. So I think that definitely played with my mind a lot and was like, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, trying to, to do these like marathons and kind of pull it back a little. So, uh, but towards the end of the whole trip, I was, I, I could have done a lot more. So, yeah. Yeah. And you, so you did actually have a chance to connect with Mike Posner as well. You mentioned a little bit too. So how did yeah, that we would send each other like little voice recordings and he was on his whole walk and, I mean, he went through a hell of an experience with a snake bite and all. And um, how did you guys yeah. connect? Though? What's that? How did you guys connect? Like, how did you guys come in contact? Uh, it was, I don't know exactly how, but all of a sudden he was just commenting on one of my posts. So I don't know how he saw it. I'm sure someone just maybe sent him my stuff. That's, yeah. that's my guess. But yeah, it was cool. We were, we, we kind of like could relate on certain things that we were going through out there. 
I'm sure, yeah. Wow, so social media has played a big part for you, like getting in contact with him and a lot of the Huge, stuff. man, huge. Like even from the start of like Instagram, if it weren't for Instagram, my company, like yeah. who's to say all those things would happen. So. Now, now you're on SportsCenter because you were TikTok the other day. That's, that's how I can yeah. That was insane. And then today, actually, I, I like just before this call, um, I've been talking with House of Highlights, so they're going to do a little story on it too. So, so yeah, it's insane, man. It's crazy like the doors it's open for you, but it's, I mean, it's awesome. And like, like I said, you did it for a good cause. Like you did it for you, like showing a message to a lot of people out there. I think it's, I think it's awesome. It's very inspirational, but um, yeah, man, I mean, we appreciate you coming on. Um, you, you got anything else? Yeah, man. Well, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, dude. And, and um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be in touch again in the future and looking out for your next big thing. So maybe we'll get yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Then maybe we could talk after that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be dope, man. And then uh, we'll be in touch because we want to send you over uh, like a little thank you, a little merchandise uh, for coming. Oh, amazing! But uh, yeah, man, we're we're looking we forward. Got, to we got a little sneak peek right here. <laughs> yeah, but I, what what does it say on there? Sorry, we just got name. it today. <laughs> Beyond the brand, Beyond the brand podcast. Oh, let's go! Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, we'll send you yeah. Some. We'll send I'll you definitely support that. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, stay safe out there. You know, all that's going on. And yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing what you got next. Of course. All right. You guys take care. The real Forrest Gump. Uh, that's your Instagram name, right? RL. Real yeah, the real life. Real life Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Got it. Awesome, man. Stay safe out there. Right, right on. Peace, guys. Ain't got no gun. Ain't got no knife. Don't you start no fight. Cause I'm Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.